0: I searched for the word Psalms on the church homepage this week and found that almost every general conference return going on for multiple pages was a talk with a title taken from a psalm. From President Nelson's famous Joy Cometh in the Morning, to Elder Bednar's quotable A Broken Heart and a Contrite Spirit, to Elder Holland's emotional Like a Broken Vessel, it's clear that our church leaders know and love the Psalms. Similarly, Jesus and his apostles quoted from Psalms over a hundred times in the New Testament, which is not only the most of any Old Testament book quoted, but over half of the overall quotes altogether. Over the next three weeks, we get to study the powerful truths and moving evocations in these collected words. And in this episode, we're providing some powerful tools to give you a fresh and faith-fulfilling study.
1: Welcome to the Scripture Study Project. We are your hosts, Krista and Zach Horton, and this is our podcast where we study scripture with you. Our goal each week is to help you discover new or renewed excitement for God and His Word, invest your heart and personal life into your study, and connect with others as you teach and learn together. Hey friends, welcome back to this week's episode of the Scripture Study Project. I am back again, Zach, thanks for covering. Man, I just we just can't quite recover this summer. I feel like we just keep... Just random things come up, um, sickness, all of those things. So we are here and excited to study with you. So we have kind of a unique few weeks coming up because, as you may have noticed, this week's episode is excerpts from the Psalms, different chapters highlighted. But, of course, even Preach My Gospel says, you know, feel free to... Come follow me. (laughs) Come follow me. (laughs) Whatever it is. (laughs) Whatever. You know what I mean. The manual. um, Talks about just the different that you can explore. doesn't they, they take out certain chapters to focus on, but all of it's just good. Mm-hmm. It's the Psalms. Um, and so we actually, as we were looking ahead, I think just thought, you know, these aren't really something that need to be studied or that we can give a lot of background information on. Um, instead, these are really for you. So we are going to do a... An overview and give you some insights that we think might be helpful for you over honestly over the next three weeks the next three weeks we are studying in the book of psalms which is really kind of cool i mm-hmm. think it will give us a chance to slow down our study it's a lot easier to digest there's not a lot of background we're going to give you some tools that we think might help you this week as you study um but maybe What you'll find isn't what we're going to say, but what you will find in these beautiful Psalms.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because the Psalms are a unique book of Scripture for a lot of reasons, but one of them is um, all Scripture was written to eventually be read or heard and understood, but the book of Psalms was written to be used. These were written for a specific purpose, and over Israel's history, they used these in worship services. Uh, Jesus quoted Psalms more than any other book of, of Scripture, and so it's obvious that these were very commonly known, and they were meant to be that way. Uh, the compiler of Psalms put them together, um, with, we assume, with the intent that they be a part of our worship, and so because of that, what you're saying is is really true, that um as, if, for example, compared to Isaiah, which we'll get into next month, there's not um, a whole lot of background or context that you need to bring with you to reading psalms. It's a very uh, easy, on the surface, to read book of Scripture, and that means that our role, in, as we have always had in this podcast, which is to help you have a great study, not to necessarily give you our highlights, but to let you find the meaningful things for yourself. It means our role uh, is really minimized because uh, the Psalms were written for you to be able to dive right in and so easily understand and, and digest.
1: As I started reading through this week and I was doing a little listening along with my reading and I just thought, this is fun. There's been so much heaviness in the Bible. There's a lot of complicated stories and a lot of characters. I think this is going to be a fun, just kind of enjoy. As it says, um, in Psalms 150, verse six, let everything that breathes praise the Lord, hallelujah. I just I just thought, let us just have fun with this and help it enrich our study, enrich our worship. These are the few different authors, many different authors of these Psalms um, are people that loved God and wanted to praise him in these unique and different ways. And I think it can just be kind of a light, um, fun way to renew your own worship.
0: So with that, um, first, we want to give you a brief uh, overview of the layout of psalms, because I think that's helpful. And then we want to look at three specific kinds of psalms. Because, as I mentioned, psalms are meant to be used, but they're meant to be used in at least three different ways. And identifying those different types of psalms, I think, helps you to diversify your study. And rather than it just being 150 psalms where you could highlight any verse and it's all good, Um, It helps you, I think, get a little bit more specific in what you do with the Psalms. So, first of all, brief overview of the layout. Um, We know some of the authors of some of the Psalms, you know, some of them are mentioned right at the beginning, a Psalm of David. Um, Some of them we think come from uh, Solomon and some from other writers, but David didn't compile the book of Psalms, and so this was composed probably later on, in fact, most most Bible scholars believe the Psalms were compiled during the period of exile. So we've been reading about you know, the Persian uh, conquering Assyria, Babylon, then Persia, and the Jews are in exile, and then if you remember um, with Ezra and Nehemiah, they get to go back and rebuild the temple. Somewhere in there, these Psalms were, were compiled to do a couple of different things, help Israel remember their past to help them to reshape their present, and then to help them look forward at what's coming in the future. And so the compiler of Psalms um, organized them in five distinct blocks, probably corresponding to the five books of Moses. And so the first book or the first collection of Psalms is Psalm 1 through 41. And uh, like the book of Genesis, which is about the beginning of blessings, a fall from those blessings, and then a redemption through Joseph at the end of the book of Genesis, these psalms are about blessings, fall, and redemption. And you know that you've gotten to the end of a book because they end with what's called the doxology. So this is Psalm 41:13. blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting and to everlasting. Amen and amen. That's the end of the first book, the first collection. The second collection, Psalms 42 through 72, correspond with the book of Exodus, and just like Exodus is about uh, ruin and then rescue from that ruin, that's what these book, uh, what this second book of Psalms is all about. The third book uh, is Psalms 73 through 89, corresponding with the book of Leviticus, which is focused on the tabernacle. These psalms focus predominantly on sanctuary and worship in the temple. Again, if this is in the exile period, they're either reconstructing the temple or they have just reconstructed it, Zerubbabel's temple. And so these psalms might have been used in connection with temple worship. The fourth group of psalms from 90 to 106 correspond with the book of Numbers, which was all about, if you remember, Israel's interactions with the surrounding people in the promised land. And so this group of psalms is about God's relationship, God's kingdom in relationship to other kingdoms. And then last but not least, Psalms 107 107 through 150, corresponding to the book of Deuteronomy, which was God's law, the reiteration of God's law, these psalms are about God's word and law. And so that overview, I think, is helpful, though I think it's more helpful to understand the different kinds of psalms that are woven throughout all of those books.
1: I also think that information is really helpful, and some of the stuff that is in Come Follow Me, or if, if you go to the Bible Dictionary about Psalms, there's a lot of cool information about Hebrew poetry and some of the things that I think can enrich your study, which we're going to talk about some more about that, that artsy side of, of the Psalms. But I think as you learn, even just a little bit, I just did a really light overview reading of some of that, and I found it really fun as I started my study of Psalms to just have a little bit of background on what some of this means. So hopefully those things will help you get started.
0: So the three ways to read psalms, the three different kinds of psalms, and there's lots of different kinds, depending on which list you look at, there are up to 12 different types of psalms and subtypes and categories, and the organization and the the literary approach to psalms has been debated by scholars probably for centuries. But there's at least three major types of psalms, and what we're going to do is give you a type of that, uh, the, the title or the kind of psalm. And then provide at least a few examples that we found in preparation for you going, of course, finding your own that will be much more meaningful to you. So, the first type of psalm is, uh, as the word psalm means, a, a song. It's something that's meant to be sung, and it's deliberately meant to convey either lament, thanksgiving, or sometimes those songs convey personal History, they tell a story of where Israel was and where Israel is now and where it will yet be, and so the first type of psalm is a song.
1: And don't you think? I guess it kind of gives it away in some of the the chapter headings and things, but some of them you just can almost feel the song being sung, um, and maybe corresponds with. You might even recognize some of the words from songs that we sing and hymns that we sing today. But also that you can kind of feel that rhythm of a lot of them coming through.
0: Well, I'm just looking at your Bible here. The King James doesn't do this in its formatting, but most other translations do, where they will uh, set this with the Psalms. They will any kind of poetry in the Bible. They will they will set in a different uh, paragraph format, and it'll look more poetic, so that you can kind of see some of the structure to the Psalms. So. If you do have another copy of the Bible, another translation, it's sometimes helpful just to see how it's organized because that helps you picture a little bit more of the the poetic nature of these psalms. So as we look at these three types, this first one there, I found an example of all three of them at the very end of Psalm 18 and the beginning of Psalm 19. So this first type of psalm, the song, Chapter 18, verse 46, Psalm 18, verse 46, it says this, and you can hear the thanksgiving, the praise, the singing in these verses. Someone is trying to convey, or this is meant for us to use to convey our thanksgiving, our gratitude, and our love for God. Verse 46, the Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avengeth me, and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the, he- the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed for evermore. So there's an example of a psalm, a song that's meant to convey gratitude for the things God has done that he's lifted me up and that he's helped me to conquer those enemies maybe not people but certain problems that we face in our lives god has helped me to overcome those
1: you know and as i'm looking we have a few different things that we're going to focus on three different ways to read the psalms and i'm thinking okay mine kind of fits into a few of these categories that we're going to get to which will probably be the case for many of these this doesn't need to be a hard, fast line of the different types mm. of ways to read it. It's not
0: this or that. Sometimes it's this and that, yes. or sometimes it's all, it's all three. It's all of
1: them at once, right? Um. So mine, my song that I'm going to focus on to express those feelings comes from Psalms 3, um, verse 3 and 4. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I love that. And as I'm, I'm thinking, I almost think it could be a hymn that we probably have, or um, that maybe I could sing on my own sometime. But it, I just love the way that it conveys so many different elements of um, that idea of that protection that, that we feel from God. And that he lifts us up and that I cry to him and he's there to answer me. It's kind of an all-encompassing song. Um, And as it looks, like Zach said, I'm reading from a Christian standard Bible. And it does have it even kind of separated out like a little poem or a song, which I find, I just find those... um, those, that idea of that shield, the glory, and the one who lifts me up is just really beautiful.
0: So this is one case where I actually like the King James translation better, because in there it's... Oh, you should read he's, Well, it calls God the lifter up of my head. Mm-hmm. Not just that he does lift up my head, but he is a lifter up of heads, which is maybe bad English, but I like the description of God's personality rather than just God's action.
1: That's interesting because I was listening to the Psalms... On, from King James on my phone while I was reading through, and I mm. thought the same, but that's what the beauty of King, King James is that, that it is that more poetic, more mm-hmm. old language. So maybe that would be another fun thing to add into your study over the next few weeks is comparing, because usually I'm a fan of the other translations, but in this case, I think I'm with you that there was a, mm. a few of those that I noticed that I like the King James version better for.
0: So that first type of psalm, the song, is meant to be sung. The next type of psalm is meant to be seen. This is the artistic form of psalm. And whereas the first one is meant to express something that you feel, lament or Thanksgiving, or to narrate your history. The second type of art, or the second type of psalm is to help you see something that you need in your life. Uh, wisdom God's wisdom God's law or maybe even a prophetic description of what's coming in the future or a prophetic description of the coming messiah so the first one is to sing a song the second type of psalm is to see a kind of art and these this imagery is all over in the psalm so back to psalm this psalm 18 was the first example at the beginning of psalm 19 listen to the or rather than listen picture the art picture the image that uh, the psalmist is trying to portray here. Verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. You're meant to pause there and to picture the sky and to look at that sky and inside marvel that something so grand and amazing can even exist and then to attribute that to God. Another image in that same block, uh, verse 5, he is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and that Jesus draws upon that image, of course, when he tells the parable of the bridegroom. But again, you're meant to see this picture of this celebration and this bridegroom coming in this joyous race to meet his bride, which is a beautiful image of God. He is the creator of everything, the, the person that that painted the skies and the heavens, and yet When it comes to his relationship with you, he is like a bridegroom racing to meet the bride. Uh, So the king of heaven is giddy almost to be with and see you. And I love that image. And it's so beautifully painted here in the psalm that it helps me to see God in a different way or feel about him maybe something different than I would if I just read a description.
1: I think this might be my favorite one of all of them, that idea of, just really sitting and enjoying and seeing the things that come to your mind as you listen to um, these people expressing just such joy and such rich imagery that we get to hear in these psalms. And I should have been a little bit more creative with with this one, but I'm actually starting in the very um, first psalms for for my um, one. And maybe it was just because I started and was just captured by this. Um, so it says, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instructions and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Um, and I think the, the part that caught me, I think the what I saw in my mind's eye was, um, someone just standing firm, a tree in this with all of this water flowing around it, the stream flowing beside it, but that someone that can stand in their place, immovable, um, because they're listening to God, they're rooted in who he is and what he wants. And then the other side of that is what I mentioned before about for me learning just for the first time or paying attention to this for the first time was learning a little bit about Hebrew poetry, that they often use this parallelism that you'll see often, that I noticed often after I learned what it was in Psalms, that they'll use contrasting views, um, just to enhance their poetry. And I think this is a often used tool in poetry, um, but you'll notice starting in chapter four that it says, the wicked are not like this. Here is what they do. Um, and so that that oppos- opposition of here's what you can feel and here's what you can be a part of. You can be rooted in this. You can stand um, beside the flowing stream and bear that fruit, which I just, I love that. Um, and I think that just makes it a little bit richer. So that's another thing you could look for. Um, not only... To help you envision, but I also think just a different way to read read the Psalms as a poetic form.
0: This one fascinates me because um, a couple of weeks ago in one of my institute classes, I have a, a student that came to class that is um, has graduate degrees in art uh, art history and. And so I asked him to give our class a little presentation on how to appreciate art. And it was fascinating to see someone with a trained eye look at art and to find all of the details and the different interpretations. And one of the things that he said in conclusion to his presentation was that uh, art can be seen by so many different people in different ways, and it makes them feel different things. And uh, it's interesting because I was looking at those same verses, Krista, that you looked at, and I, I loved them as well, but they portrayed something different to me. Um, When I looked at those and saw verse 2 in chapter 1, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And then verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And his leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I saw a symbol of Christ there. And it connected me to Psalm 23, a very well-known artistic kind of psalm which is verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And so I love the imagery there, whether it's something describing you and it helps you to see yourself in a different way. I am the tree by these waters, or it helps you see God or the Lord in a different way. Uh, I think that's the, the beauty and the depth of the Psalms as they can see help you see you or him and maybe your relationship in a completely different way.
1: And it really is fun, because that's what I first pictured was that. I pictured this very constant, this someone who is there for us, like, like the Lord would be. And then as I read, I thought, no, I think this is actually talking about me. And I was really envisioning, as you might know by now from me, is that I am no artist, I'm no poet, but I liked I appreciate art and poetry and I'm learning about it. Um, but I was picturing, what would I like what would a, what would a piece of art? look like if i were to Mm. put this onto a canvas or put this onto a piece of paper and how would i draw it and anyway i was it was fun to kind of envision that of how i would do it but i think it's both right i think that and i think that's what's kind of beautiful about it so even these things that we're saying it's not like there's one answer to any of those
0: the third type of psalm is a psalm uh, of worship fancy word here is liturgy which is formalized worship, whereas the first one is about singing and the second one is about seeing, this third one is about signifying to God something you are committing to do. It's a way to show him your praise, your confidence, or to commit to him your life and its, and its history and its story. And so uh, back in Psalm 19, uh, verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And then, verse 14, here's the commitment. Because of all of that, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. This is someone talking to God and committing To do something different. Something that's going to, as it said in verse 7, convert the soul. And so this third type of psalm is uh, a a commitment. It's a a worship where I am giving something to God. My action, my will, my desire, whether it's through prayer or through something that's said or signified, this type of psalm helps us to give something, consecrate something to the Lord.
1: So my thought for this one comes from Psalm 32. How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. I like this idea of this, um, joyful worship. And I think that's why this one stood out to me is I think if there's, there's a few, there's probably many, but, um, the idea of forgiveness, I think can feel so freeing. I, I, I really identify with this joyful feeling when it comes to that, because I think that feeling that feeling of forgiveness, um, experiencing that is a very joyful feeling. And there's many of those types of feelings that happen um, with God and with Jesus Christ as we're experiencing all the miracles that they can help us experience in our lives. But I think for me the thing that I'd like to add to my worship or that I want to learn from this is just remembering to have a little bit more joy in my worship of who God is. So those are the three ways to read the Psalms, Um, songs, sing songs, see art and then signify worship and of course again it's not limited to just this but this could be a fun way to enhance your study over these next few weeks Um, because I don't know if we actually said this at the beginning but we're contemplating not even doing um, episodes over the next couple weeks as we're studying in Psalms because I think we all can just experience and have fun with it. And hope, hopefully that these things that we've shared will help you a little bit in that. And obviously I think the, was mine, the last verse we shared was 32. Mm -hmm. So we obviously have not made our way fully through. I actually did study a little more than that, but, um, there's just so much good stuff in all of it. So I think we'll be sharing and, um, it's hard to say like, wait, what if we do think of something we want to say, but Maybe we'll be back, but if we don't, if you don't hear from us, um, you'll know why you can come back to this if you need something to remind you of, of how to appreciate the Psalms a little more.
0: I want to close by reading Psalm 40. So a little bit later on. Oh, there we go, good. (laughs) But in this, again, all three different kinds of Psalm are encapsulated in this Psalm. And it's one of my favorite. I think it's beautiful. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, and out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. There's the artistic part, the imagery. He hath put a new song into my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts, which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. And then here comes the commitment. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. As you study over the next couple of weeks, we hope that you find psalms that help you to sing and declare to God your thanksgiving, sometimes your lament and your praise. We hope that you see art and that you learn things, gain wisdom and law and maybe even some prophetic descriptions of the Lord. And we hope that you read things that signify, that help you to signify your worship, to commit to God your praise, your confidence, and your life. Good luck in your study. Thank you for being with us this episode, and we'll see you next episode.